From the PSIA ASI Mobile Studios at the Doubletree in Breckenridge, Colorado, you're listening to First Chair. I'm George Thomas, and great guest today, we've got Sue Kramer, who just came out with a new book. Sue, it's good to talk to you again. It's been a year. Thanks, George. Good to talk to you. And tell us about this book. It's kind of perfect timing for what we're doing. It's a little perfect timing, not the best timing, though. If I may correct you. <laughs> That's true. I guess we should have started yes. on it about six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, this book actually came out of a uh, master's program that I had completed. And, you know, a thesis is pretty dry, and I wanted to bring it to life a little bit. So I, I figured that I could uh, write a book and have it be beneficial for myself and for other people. And I suppose we should get the title in there, Be Fit to Ski. Absolutely. Yes, because that's what I want us to be. So first of all, tell us about your master's thesis and, and how it came to where you were able to turn it into a book. So the, master, the master's program came from myself coming up through the ranks, and I just wanted to know more about how the body moves, and I felt like I, I needed something more. And so I you know, enrolled in an anatomy physiology course, and then that led, led to finding a program that I could that I could do. It took a long time because, yes, I am a skier and I'm an instructor, so every winter, <laughs> you know what happens. <laughs> so it, it took multiple years. So when you went into it, was it, it was all about uh, being fit to ski in your thesis? Yes. The, the program itself was a master's in kinesiology um, through in, uh, and in exercise science, and um, Obviously, my passion is for skiing, and so all the research that I did was about skiing. Everything that I read about exercise science, I tried to uh, modify in my head so that it, it could apply to skiing. But most of the time when you read information, it's about baseball and tennis and, and football and all those sports that the majority of people are more familiar with. So I did a, a lot of um, yeah, deconstructing in my head for skiing. So how did you do your research? A lot of one-on-one, -on -one, maybe with national team members or examiners? or I mean, where did you find it? There's, there's a lot of research um, through European sources, the Institute for Sports Science. And so I had to, you know, you do part of the thesis or master's program, you do uh, research studies and statistics. So I had to educate myself on that stuff and kind of sift through the weeds of those studies, which I will be honest with you, was not my favorite. Um, but believe it or not, there was quite a bit of information from uh, elite national teams from other countries. So, you know, Norway, Swiss teams, Austrian teams, Italian teams, there were studies on them. So when this was done, first of all, how was it received by the, uh, I'm not sure what you call the, the review board? Well, the review board was in Texas, okay. <laughs> so I had to educate them a little bit on the value of the book itself, and uh, they were, I think they were impressed, be just because nobody in their program was, go was going to um, take on this narrow of a focus, you know, a, a fitness book for specific to skiing. Now, at what point did you decide, you know, I'm going to go ahead and make the extra effort and turn this into a book? I think it was my dad who took a look at my thesis and sort of brushed it off to the side and said, I can't read this. And, and you know, 
when my dad says something, I kind of like, okay, yeah, you're right. So it just needed graphics, it needed color, it needed pictures, it needed life. So, and did you actually rewrite it? I, mean, I did. Okay, so yeah. really different language, different verbiage, but the same message. Yes, absolutely. So, so part of the, I, I took a lot of time to doing the research and I found that the research articles were of interest to me. And I did get some reviews saying that it was a little, that the book is a little complicated, specifically because the research is in, it's embedded uh, in the book itself. But um, I just thought it was too interesting to, to eliminate. So it's kind of a geeky book, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Now, I'm curious, did you have to go through the whole sales pitch and everything to a publisher, or were you able to self-publish? I did self-publish through a company called Ex Libris, and they had a package that included uh, marketing. And so the marketing was they put together a video for me. They did a website. They had um, It's available in digital form from Amazon, and then it was also print-on-demand through Amazon. So you can get it on Kindle. You can, although I don't know if it's available any lo anymore. Okay. Yeah. When did this come out? So it came out in 2015. And how can we get it? How can we get more information about it? Is the website still up? So their website is not, but I have a website, and that's befittoski.com. So that would be B-E-F-I-T-T-O-S-K-I.com, correct? You spell well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I would like to get into a, the process of writing a little bit more. Are there any uh, chapters that really have special meaning to you? I think the last chapter, which is more the application, because for whatever reason, I'm very interested in uh, the theory of periodization, which came down from Russian athletes um, in the mid-1900s as those athletes were uh, training for Olympics and mostly in strength training, resistance, tra resistance training. But the idea behind periodization is that everything is planned and included in the plan are peaks and there's valleys and there's rest periods and the whole year is really planned out. And I thought that, you know, for skiers, for in skiing enthusiasts, you really need to start at the end of the season and thinking of the end of the season as part of the training plan. So when you go to the beach for two weeks, that's actually part of your recovery and it should be included in your training plan. So that's why I kind of gave you grief about <laughs> the timing of it. Now, Sue, I, I'm curious. I, I work out hard. I live at 6,500 feet, but uh, opening day, 9,000 feet. Um, yeah, I'm training with a power meter and really trying to stay in shape for my uh, bike racing next summer. And, uh, you know, I got out on skis and my legs were burning by the end of a fairly short run and I was gasping for breath. It really kind of caught me off guard. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Is that just getting older? I'm happy to say no, it's okay, not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I hear this a lot, uh, especially from cyclists. I would say because you're out on the road and you are doing some great things for your your cardiovascular health but one thing that isn't happening is you're not putting your your leg muscles under uh, eccentric contraction and I think that that's 
really the missing piece, whereas runners are going to get that with every step, especially if you're doing trail running or, or even hiking. You know, when you go up, it's great for your cardiovascular health. When you come down, it's great for eccentric muscle, muscular action. So running stadium stairs. Stairs are awesome. I don't have anywhere I live, but I do live at, at the base of a mountain, so hiking. Who needs them then? <laughs> right, right. Hiking and running down is what I love to do. So that really is a great way to get in shape. So I'm, I'm thinking, too, of that person who lives in the south, southeast, and comes out for maybe a week, a year. What are some things they need to be doing? And they need to be well in, into their training now for a January or February vacation. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's great. If they could get out and hike those hills and really push their zones, like into the zone four and zone five. Oh, now hang on. I want to butt in and just zone four, zone five. Are we training with a heart rate monitor or what are the zones? How do we find those? So, yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm thinking about heart rate monitor or everybody's got some kind of higher intelligent watch these days that's going to give you that information on your heart rate. Uh, but also, you know, one one scale that you can use is the uh, rate of perceived effort. So if you feel like you you can only do this effort for like five minutes, that's pretty high. That's a pretty high zone, zone five. You know, if you could do something for an hour, you're more in the zone three or zone two. So does the book get into any type of coaching or a program that someone can do? It does. The last chapter, and you asked a question, was there any chapter that was more difficult or more challenging? I would say they were all challenging for different reasons. And the last chapter, what I wanted to do was provide an example of workouts for every week of the year. So that was kind of a daunting task because every week does change and people's lives are different. And so you may need to embed in your training plan a vacation or how are you going to deal with the fact that you got sick for a couple of weeks and you have to recover from that. So, so there are training plans as, as broad guidelines. And the training plans will include how much cardio to do, how much strength training, how much power, when you need to start including agility and flexibility, or flexibility should be the whole time, but agility and power are, are great additions this time of year. Okay, I really wanna check this book out. Sounds great. Please remind us where we can buy it. So you can buy it on Amazon in print form, or you can buy it from my website, befittoski.com. I'm gonna spell that one more time. B-E-F-I-T-T-O-S-K-I.com befittoski.com. Sue Kramer, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, George. From the PSIA ASI Mobile Studios at the Doubletree in Breckenridge, Colorado, you've been listening to First Chair. I'm George Thomas.